Okay, so the, in this episode of Show Me Yours, uh, you're going. You gave me uh, Circles, Mac Miller, and I've listened yeah. to that album four or five times since we talked about it. Uh, and I gave you the pilot episode of a TV series called Chuck. I think we should yes. definitely start with uh, Mac Miller. All right, let's start with Mac Miller. So before I ask you for your thoughts, uh, the line is. To everyone who sell me drugs, don't mix it with that bullshit. I'm hoping not to join the 27 Club. Oh, shit. Yeah. You didn't even Um, young Jamie that, did you? No. No, I did not young Jamie that. And that's from a song called Brand Name. Uh, It's it's very poignant because he obviously died of an OD on drugs that were mixed with some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate. His death is very sad to me. It's very sad to me because, uh, you know, and we'll get into circles, but the evolution of Mac Miller as an artist is quite remarkable. Like, you go back from his mixtapes back in the day, uh, you know, Donald Trump, Frick Park, uh, Kids, oh my god, kids. That it uh, was fucking jarring getting into this, and so like I had to do some reading up because like even his voice sound different. Which like I get you just brought up the drugs, which he like he almost had lockjaw when he was singing circles. Like you could hear, you know, when you've been around druggies enough, like shit starts to change a little bit. Like you, his voice wasn't right, but like uh, the. When I was reading up on him, they called all those old mixtapes like frat boy rap. I'm oh, like, frat rap for sure. And I'm like, but, I don't know. He was just having fun. Like, can't there yeah. just be one person fucking enjoying themselves and no one shitting on them? He, like, I mean, frat rap isn't, uh, to some people, that's a bad term. I think frat rap is just a genre and it's kind of just fun rap, right? It's kind of fun, fun rap. It's all about uh, basically drugs getting laid having a good time right that's that's frat rap to me uh it's it's like a funner version it's much better than like gangster rap in my mind mind you i do love i do love some good gangster rap back in the day but uh you know he was definitely like when he first came out like definitely a frat rapper yeah but he was a good frat rapper oh my god amazing he was having so much fun it came through on every song. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza, Nike's on my feet. Best day ever. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Yeah, man. Uh, like, that album, that whole album is great. Don't mind if I do. Uh, like, going back to the kids' album. You know, it's just, if you don't know Mac Miller, or if you know Mac Miller now, but never heard the original stuff, you can see... Like the word plays there, the flow is there, regardless of the content. Yeah. Regardless of the content. Right? And then you, you can you see the evolution though. Yeah. Right? Blue slide Blue Slide Park is a little bit more of of kind of the you know, it's technically Blue Slide Park is I think officially listed as his first album. Kids is considered a mixtape. Uh, but Blue Slide Park, man, uh, you start to see the evolution. He gets a, it gets a little bit deeper. 
um, but it's still pretty frat rappy. And then you you get, you know, uh, Macadelic. Once again, Macadelic was re-released, I think, right after Blue Slide Park because, uh, and Macadelic's kind of a mixtape as well. Like he was just putting out content like all the time, every year, new album, every year, twenty new songs. Watching movies with the sound off, like it's just, and always, always a deluxe edition of each album, and always a deluxe edition with some extra songs. So like you heard your shit, then the deluxe edition came out. Uh, you know, like a couple months later, and you're like, oh shit, there's a few more tracks. <laughs> I, it was always good, but for me, if you go and you listen to, uh, Good AM, aka Go, colon O D A M. <laughs> think about that uh if you go and listen to that and listen to kids it's a completely different artist it's a completely different artist why w- what stands out to you from that i think he he had enough money to go through some shit at that point and it became a little bit more like clearly he'd been using heavier drugs right so you have that uh you can tell the difference between weed and chemicals (laughs) (laughs) well and it really you you could see him progress as a songwriter things become a little more relatable uh, much more relatable right um it's no longer like he's on my feet it's now uh it's now about you know the week kicking your ass yeah and the how you're looking forward to the weekend right uh which the whole song by the way is uh is really about drugs funny enough but it's still relatable to everyone you could not do drugs listen to listen to weekend by mac miller and be like yeah (laughs) i get it the reason that we uh, we decided to maybe do a CD in this is that I have very little experience with music, but uh, I knew a few like knock knock like the the, the big ones that you had talked about, but I hadn't heard any of the the stuff before he died, and that was like hitting a cement wall of just. And then I had to go back and listen to it because I was listening to Circles on my walk uh, with the dog before work. And it's rainy and it's gray and I was ready to put a shotgun in my mouth. But uh, absolutely, you can tell the difference in the content as a part uh, like with bragging about making money, how young I am to talking about life. And that's always been something that I've pushed away from. Well, country music does it now. It's fucking garbage uh, rap a lot of the times and even a lot of rock where they're not mm-hmm. talking about real life stuff and singing songs like they did in the 70s and 80s. Even they're talking about how rich in the party and, you know, like they can afford to, to fly around on a jet. I want to hear about life. And that's like always why it's like the sometimes you hear a rapper for the first time and it's their first album and they're bragging about how much money they made. And I'm sure there's been a journey to get there, but it's fucking uninteresting to me. Um, mm-hmm. So it is it definitely interesting to hear you talk about his his evolution from being braggy to talking like an actual artist about life in the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just... As we continue, like, uh, to me, Circles... Circles is a culmination of the evolution of the artist. Uh, the Divine Feminine, after after Good AM, the Divine Feminine was really a... Uh, it was a change, obviously, influenced by Ariana Grande uh, <laughs> and the relationship he, he had with her. Uh, you know, people would say, well, not, not always, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but clearly. Clearly. And, but you want... Even with that the case, there's still some good songs. And you know what? My favorite part, the song with Ariana on that album, it's a good song. Uh, and you can once again see how the influence she even has on him. And that carries through into the other albums. And then, you know, you, you get collabs with CeeLo Green. Uh, my favorite song on the album's Dang. Uh, I love me some Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack is to me one of the ultimate feature artists if you have anderson pack on your song you're doing you're doing okay Never heard uh, of and before. no one knows who anderson pack is <laughs> <laughs> good i'm not alone uh if but, I, go ahead if i'm gonna start listening to the uh the albums uh is mac miller one of the artists where it's probably important to go through the albums as opposed to just shuffle around to different songs i think i think through the albums i do feel like listening there's intent with how songs are ordered uh like he was meticulous and that's one thing that you know mr frat rap boy people dismiss him but this was a true musician Mm -hmm. this was a guy who wanted to play every instrument on the album this was a guy who wanted to record every track so of course he's going to care about the order of the tracks on the album, right? So I think uh, I I always in general try to listen to albums. If I'm going to listen to the full album, I try to listen it to it in order, uh, just because I I'd like to think that there's a reason why the songs are in that order. And you know what? Sometimes the reason could just be marketing, right? And uh, the studio or whoever the publisher uh, decided, hey. It's got to be this order. This is how we want singles spaced out, et cetera, et cetera. Right? But sometimes I imagine it's the artist who, it's like, it's got to be this order. You listen to this order and it's different. Right? Um, then the, if you go down the Mac Miller rabbit hole, yeah, Circles is a culmination of everything. But I think Swimming may be his best album. And that was the oh, album cool. right before he died. Came out. A month before he passed away uh and circles was posthumous right yeah circles was his first posthumous album oh, there was more than and, one after his death that came out yeah motherfucker was working damn yeah he had a lot he had a lot uh <laughs> circles circles to me though circles hit different and the reason why i recommended it and the reason why i own the vinyl circles is uh it's thought provoking yeah and uh it hits home so that album came out i started listening to it i think uh the week the week it came out it came out january 17th of 2020 and my cat passed away january 24th oh shit uh and like it was rough it was like 
she she had like renal failure like we'd taken her to the emergency vet like it was a traumatic experience and this album helped me get through that shit and this is where someone like you who isn't a big music person necessarily like someone like me like i build connections in my life to things like this and uh and like I have vivid memories of my wife not being able to listen to Blue World yeah. because it made her think of our cat for the past. Like she can only start listening to it now. Right. Uh, it's, it's nuts how stuff like that sticks with me. I, I don't know why I'm like that, but it's, it's just kind of how it is. And it's just, <laughs> I'm built that way, I guess. But Let's dive into it a little bit uh, from your perspective, because this is obviously, you know, me introducing this album to you. So what did what did you think of the album? Uh, I I really liked it. I loved it. I listened to it uh, and like the weather's been perfect. It's been great days and stuff. And uh, it's funny talking about that connection to another time because uh, I would listen to it. Then I'd have to go back to his other stuff, like the happier stuff, and I'd have to mix in some some different songs and stuff. But I always kept coming back, and the way that it's structured, beginning with circles, ending with circles. But the I'm in a better place in my life right now, but I have dealt with depression for a while, and it's the soundtrack of depression of that numbness there's no real sting but there's that constant feeling of gray and you know you can't really scream out or anything you're just you're in that numbness and it goes on it goes through the other ones and it builds and it ebbs and it flows but it's never really any high high peak or low low you're just in that middle ground and i've felt like that all the way through through the album when i was listening it was just this this feeling and that's the, what I got from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, this album gave me the impression that this is someone who is suffering from some level, some deep level of loneliness. Yeah. Some deep, deep level of loneliness. And I imagine most of the people around him did not know. Because there's like, you can be lonely and still be around people. Because loneliness isn't just about literally being alone. It's about having people that you can talk to on the level that you need to talk to them. Right? And sometimes you don't have that around you. And that's the impression I got from this when like once a day, uh, once a day is a very depressing song. Uh, I wonder if they ever even cared at all. I wonder, do they see their own reflection in the rain and look away Everybody keeps rushing. Why aren't we taking our time? Every now and again, baby, I get high. Right? Um, don't ask me what I think. It never really mattered what I had to say. I just keep waiting for another open door to come up soon. 
that Fuck. right there sounds to me like someone who doesn't who's got some demons that he's dealing with is struggling to cope with them and he can't he has no no one to talk to about them that's what i feel with that and maybe he would have people to talk to but he doesn't feel like he's getting he's getting the attention that he needs from the people that should care about him the most and there's no one that's going to say no to him do you know what i mean mm-hmm. When yeah. you're the money guy, like you're the fucking entourage, you know, like you're you're the talent and you got a lot of hangers on around you and probably even nice people, but they don't really care about you. They care about the drugs. They care about the party. They care about tomorrow. The, the you know, the fact that like you're going to get some pass off from being Mac Miller's friend. They don't give a shit about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, uh, Hand Me Downs is my favorite song on the album. I don't know if you've listened to it enough to have a favorite yourself. What do you think? The opening lines to Circles. Well, this is what I look like. If I can... And then to end with it. I, that's why like, I, I like that song right now. Is it's um, This is what it looks like right before you fall stumbling around you've been guessing your direction next step you can't see at all and i just for him like maybe he's he's talking about something more like the the drug haze or drinking or something like that but when you're directionless rudderless you can't when you're stuck in a situation and you can't do anything else and it's like it's just this is what it looks like and mm-hmm. you're, you're either gonna you know, move past it, and if it's depression, you move past it, and then things start to get better, or you fall into deeper depression where you do self-destructive shit, or you like it's, and you know that it's coming because it's happened before, and you know you you have gotten out of it before, but maybe this isn't the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, oh, circles is a it is a great song, uh, for. For a song that is sub three minutes, it's surprisingly deep. Not surprising for Mac Miller, but surprising for a song that is sub three minutes because it's rare these days. And that's kind of the goal, right? The goal is to try to get songs down to that three minute time. Uh, is that for radio play? Like to. To get the attention yeah, of a waning audience. Fan base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is off topic, but I'm writing a Midnight Owl episode and I'm railing against TikTok. If you have any uh, thoughts or condemnations on it, I would gladly use it. <laughs> Getting back to Mac Miller, and we're talking about antagonism and enemies. Mac Miller, to me, I never heard about him in the intervening years that I, I fell off of like ever checking any of his stuff out. He uh, he didn't have any real beefs, did he? And was he an outsider? I'm curious. Uh, I believe he uh, outside of you know 
the whole Donald Trump thing. <laughs> the Donald Trump uh, thing. I know he had an album called Donald, but yeah, he had a song called Donald Trump. Uh, well, it, obviously, there was a there was some back and forth. Um, there That's was some awesome. back and forth. Uh, well, he was president. <laughs> this was uh, maybe when it was. I think pre-Donald Trump presidency. Actually, Donald Trump came out before his presidency. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. I feel like Mac Miller said some shit about Macklemore at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like he said some shit about Macklemore at some point, but it wasn't like a true beef. And by the way, Macklemore, um, you know, Safest. every... It's <laughs> the safest guy you could get in a fight with, right? Like the guy that's going to the vintage stores. You know, like yeah. you don't pick on Viddy. You go after Macklemore. Well, Macklemore struggled with drug addiction at a really deep level as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it was beef with him. I feel like it was. If it was, it was ages ago. But Mac Miller kind of was on an island on his own a little bit because he also, like, once again, it was frat rap. Everything was fun, and then he kind of moved to this kind of like rap indie hybrid. Yeah. Right. He his evolution really pushed him away from like kind of traditional rap. But I bet money, if if he cared enough about, and if like someone came at him, I bet money he would have been able to write some dirty diss tracks. Like this was clearly a very intelligent man. Yeah. Um. About his death. So we talked about how he how down he was. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with his death. But basically he tried to buy uh I think it was Xanax, cocaine, and perks from That's his usual drug dealer. So Mac Miller was like at the studio, asked his usual drug dealer to come by. Dude didn't come by, um, didn't respond quick enough. So then he asked like his secondary, like his backup. Yeah. And his backup was able to send him stuff. And his backup clearly also, also had some prostitutes working for her. So his backup sent drugs with one of the girls. And in the text message exchange between like his backup and the uh and the and uh him he stayed at the studio with the prostitute and like it sounds like they didn't do anything other than just like listen to music and hang out and it to me it just sounds like once again like this man's lonely he's looking for someone to connect with anyone to connect with and it's not surprising that he ended up where he ended up based off that. That's profoundly sad. Yes. <laughs> Incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. You hear those stories a lot about like uh, strippers and uh, uh, prostitutes. Like a lot of their time can be spent just talking to guys that are so lonely. Like uh, in Japan, not that I've looked into it, 
they have these like cuddle bars where you can go in and just be held by a woman for a while. <laughs> like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh yeah and i don't know so like i know he is a brother uh i just don't know if his if his brother was uh like if they were close or not or anything like that like i just don't know uh like for for example like his brother's you know mac miller's real name is malcolm mccormick uh, and his brother's name's Miller McCormick, so Mac Miller, right? Okay. Uh, so there had to be something there, at least back in the day. But like, I don't know. I don't know towards the end how that relationship was. Uh, all I know is that it's, as you said, profoundly sad. And like hearing that uh, and reading the text messages was just super depressing. And you know what? If, like, that's pretty cool that he used his brother's name for for it. But uh, yeah, I get it. It doesn't matter how rich, famous, cool, awesome. Like for us, like the the man Mac Miller was dealing with a drug addict, and like, well, and people that are depressed is so fucking hard. Like, it doesn't matter how much money they have; they're still a drug addict, and you never. Never trust a drug addict. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shit goes sideways so fucking quick. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, And, you know, we talked about... I I said Hand Me Downs is one of my favorite songs on the album. And and we've talked about loneliness and loneliness feeling like the theme of this album. Mm -hmm. Hand Me Downs. There's a... I'm going to read you some lyrics from it. And all I never and all I ever needed was somebody with some reason who can keep me sane. Ever since I can remember I've been keeping it together, but I'm feeling strange. <clears throat> get away when it ain't really safe and it doesn't seem right. But what's new, you get used to the bullshit, the screws they go missing. It's likely they might be. Wow. It's to me once again it's that's someone calling out and given when this album was released and given that he had an album come out just like a month before he passed away i imagine that these were relatively fresh tracks that he had been making before he passed yeah right jesus Poor fucking guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the sound overall, the album, very different. Not what do you expect from a rapper, right? Yeah. Uh, aside from the theme of the album, uh, you know, I felt like overall it's just the production quality is great, and you have someone that clearly really cared and really wanted to make good music. What do you think about his voice? Um, it kind of reminds me of like old bluesy voices where it's like, you know, it's not a great voice, yeah. but he has a, he has a good tone for the music that he was playing. 
I think that's more important than if he has vocal range or anything like that. Right. Yeah. His diction in, uh, uh, circles is so, so off. Like I couldn't help, but hear that the whole time is that, like, it, cause I, and then I went back to the older songs. I'm like, I didn't hear it there. It, uh, mm-hmm. it's curious. Like, I guess that it all speaks to the mental state and the, the drug use at that point. Yeah. Well, and also it's, it's different when the, the diction and accents also can come out a little bit more when they're just kind of, when they're almost singing as opposed to rapping as well. But I get what you're saying too. Tough to say. Tough to say. But like you listen to blue world, uh, which is probably the closest thing to a traditional rap song on the album. And which by the way, fucking great beat. Yeah. Really unique. Great beat. The synth in it? Oh, man. Who puts a synth in a rap beat? Who do you think you are, John Carpenter? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought it was, was awesome, right? But you listen to that, and he sounds just like he... Just like a more grown-up version of, uh, <laughs> of himself, right? He sounds like he's fully finished puberty. i mean he was young when he broke out right like he was still in high school yeah yeah like some of his first mixtapes wikipedia was saying he was like 14 then like he started Mm -hmm. treating it like a job right then and there do you think uh mac miller could have survived sobriety and kept making good music because i know they talk a lot about like when people get sober they lose it do you think he could have been uh, sober? And then the second question I have, like, Kurt Cobain probably wouldn't have made great music happy. I, I know people don't like here, like, imagining what a happy Nirvana would have been like. But uh, do yeah. you think uh, Mac Miller could have survived uh, going back to, you know, sober and happy? I think he came from not necessarily sober, but he came from a happy place and his music was good even back then in the frat rap days. Right. So possibly I think life experiences, man, like if going, going through enough shit, even if you got sober and got happy, uh, finding, finding that spot, that sweet spot where you can make good music is tough. I actually, funny enough, think Macklemore, Macklemore did it. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I think Macklemore's underrated. I think like his singles are like what was released was just it's not a good reflection of who he is as an artist. I I, I could talk about Macklemore and Ryan Lewis because Ryan Lewis is a great producer, but I could talk about them for uh for quite a while. Um just because like they have some really songs that go through it and once again this is someone who suffered from some serious drug addiction i would have just written Uh, him off as the uh the thrift shop guy yeah the thrift shop the same love guy basically the guy oh he's got he's got a he's got a song about same-sex marriage (laughs) oh he's got thrift shot oh he's got can't hold us it's all 
it's all just like this like mass appeal stuff and it's like no man you listen to like thin line by him and it's like oh shit okay this is uh this is different right like thin line is like same city yeah we can't break up nice mask on i wear the same one the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing women that they look better in their makeup <laughs> Ooh, good bar right yeah. I wear war paint, fight to the casket, too tired to apologize on this mattress, emotional detachment, what's the matter? She's learning that she never should have dated a rapper. <laughs> like those are good bars. That's damn good. It's it's just you know you people people forget about that. People forget to like they hear one song and dismiss someone. Whereas I heard Can't Hold Us, and I was like Oh, this guy's got a flow. I want to listen to some other stuff. The content, maybe not great. The wrist shot, same thing. I was like, okay, this guy's got this guy's got a pretty good flow. I like the beat content. Uh, I get it's like some mass appeal stuff. Yeah. And then and then I like got into it a little bit more. Like he's a song called Awake, like a space wake. Um. Okay. Yeah, I get it. It took me a second, and, but I got uh, there. And the. This is where, if people don't listen to Macklemore, listen to the song. And it's funny because uh, I'm going to stereotype here. I'm going to say a lot of black people don't listen to Macklemore because he's uh, he like easily gets dismissed as a shitty white rapper. I'm going to say that right now. And most black people I know, when we talk about rap and I bring up Macklemore, they're like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Most white people are like, oh, yeah, I know Macklemore. <laughs> uh, it's funny how keyboard? that goes. I broke a broken keyboard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to, I'm pretty much going to wrap out this song and we could choose to cut it or we could not. But there's a song called Awake by Macklemore and the, the bars are, they say 30 is the new 20 and 20 is the new 30. Should I guess it makes sense? Because 15 year olds seem 20 and 25 year olds seem 10. I used to drink away my paycheck, celebrate the mistakes I hadn't made yet. Our generation isn't the best on safe sex. We forget the latex, become Planned Parenthood patients. Synthetic heroin is the new base head. So much to escape, fuck a straight edge. Walk around looking through a fake lens. Apps this good who's got time to make friends. I wish I didn't care. And cynical hipsters with long hair and cocaine problems like my music. It's not my issue. I can't solve it. And then there's a chorus. And then this is where it gets more intense. They say it's so refreshing to hear somebody on records, no guns, no drugs, no sex, just truth. The guns, that's America. The drugs are what they gave to us. The sex sells itself. Don't judge till it's you. I'm not more or less cautious. The rappers rapping about strippers up on the pole copping. These interviews are obnoxious, saying that's poetry. So well-spoken, stop it. I grew up during Reaganomics when Ice-T was out there on his killing cop shit. Or Rodney King was getting beat on and they let off every single officer in Los Angeles went and lost it. Now every month there's a new Rodney on YouTube. It's just something our generation is used to in neighborhoods where you never see a news crew unless they're gentrifying white people don't even cruise through. In my subconscious, tell me stop it. This is an issue that you shouldn't get involved in. Don't even tweet R.I.P. Trayvon Martin. Don't want to be that white dude million man marching. Fighting for a freedom that my people stole. Don't want to make all my white fans uncomfortable, but you won't even have a fucking song for radio while you out here talking race trying to save the fucking globe. Don't get involved with the causes in mind. White privilege, ah, white privilege, white guilt at the same damn time. 
So we just party like it's 1999, celebrate the ignorance while these kids keep dying. Fuck. It's like, shit, man. That is a maybe one of the best hip-hop verses that you can take. It's by some white dude that everyone dismisses as a <laughs> shit rapper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. Um, and it's fucking deep, and it's very true. Everything he's saying is true. And this was it was almost predictable because this was right after Trayvon Martin. When the heist came out by Macklemore, uh, when did the heist come out by Macklemore? 2012. Right? Uh, when did Trayvon Martin pass? February 26, 2012. And the heist came out that, that same name. year. Oh my God. So he, he literally, he wrote this fresh. And since then, it's only gotten worse. And it's, absolutely right every month there's a new rodney on youtube yeah it's so true man the shit with the shit with grand rapids the police officer fuck me man they're like execution style killing yeah in grand rapids fucking bullet to the head over his fucking traffic stop i yeah i am never gonna forget trayvon martin's name I will never, ever forget that that there was a child went out for Skittles for his little brother, Pop, yeah. who was on the phone saying he was scared, and then fucking assholes afterwards being like, well, black kids, Latino kids, you gotta learn to not wear hoodies anymore. Fuck you. Just a fucking little kid, man. Like, I know yeah. he was 16, but like that's just a kid. Yeah. Absolutely just a kid. Uh... <sighs> We live in a fucked up society and people dismiss people for the wrong reasons and it's almost people become numb to this kind of shit. Yeah. And it's un it's incredibly unfortunate. Well I and I won't I won't watch the video. I won't watch when someone's like you have to watch the video of him dying to understand what happened. I'm like, no, I understand what happened, and it's horrible. And if I watch the video, I fear that I'm eventually going to become desensitized to it because it happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. It's fucked up, man. And it's there's so much right now that I've even heard the words come out of my mouth that like I just have to focus on what's happening in my life, what's happening in my world, because, like, Grand Rapids just happened. Ukraine is still happening, where they're zip-tying anyone that's between 17 and 56 and putting a bullet in their fucking head, and, like, they're bombing people, and, and then the fucking global warming on top of that, and, you know, everything else, and it's so fucking much. It's, yeah. I, I don't know how you bear the weight of it, and then, yeah... To, to imagine these people just getting killed because of the pigment of their skin at this point we can it's been like what 50 years since we figured out how to put a man on the moon and we're still fucking killing folk for no reason yeah yeah that's that's the thing man we're still at that point where and it's not gonna go away oh. it's not gonna go away it may get slightly better probably gonna get worse before it does get better which is horrible yeah. I just feel like that's kind of the way that we're going. And uh, it's you just 
you feel helpless because our and we have I'm not going to directly attack CNN and the Fox News of the world and uh, directly I'm just going to say most media in general and not just larger not just the larger big conglomerates and the big names that you think of just in general most people covering uh, what happens have some sort of pre they have some sort of bias already to what they're covering so they're basically gonna try to justify or condemn without even really digesting what's going on and then the 24-hour right? and... news cycle on top of that where they have to keep showing shit over and over again as opposed yeah. to a one-hour block at the end of the day where they give you the news. You know, I, if you're going to keep a fucking news channel alive, you're going to have to sell fucking commercials. How do you sell commercials? Well, we can't talk shit about Chevy this hour because Chevy commercial is coming up. We can't do this because that's coming up. And you make all yeah. these little fucking conceits along the way. And no one in particular is evil. I, I believe that in all my heart. No one is some kind of mastermind, not like the fucking kid that was got in charge of the uh, HIV pills and started charging a shitload of money for him. Like, that guy is obviously a sociopathic asshole. But for the most part, it's just these little conceits along the way and little biases and shit gets pushed through. And it, it's... Yeah, well, I can't wait for riots to start and then... To hear the like, well, you know, if if they didn't riot, it's like, what do you mean if they didn't riot? The people have been complaining about this shit for years and nothing's been done. What do you think is going to happen eventually? How else are they supposed to get your attention? Explain that to me. Someone's supposed to come on CNN or come on Fox News and talk about it for five minutes, and that's going to change your perspective. Yeah. Come on, man. Like when people condemn riots after something like this, like what what happened in Ferguson. When people condemn those riots, and I, I understand. I don't want to see people die because of looting and because of riots. Yes. I never want to see that. And I, if it can be done where it gets more attention on the actual issue, but it doesn't cause harm, physical harm to someone you try to find a way to do it because I don't think like I've racked my head around this. I don't think that's the case. There's no good solution to it, but if it's a systemic problem, which this is, then we need to continue to shine light on it to be corrected. Yeah. And if you're going to keep dismissing it, then it's just going to become more militant in response you because like that's we... the only way it's going to, that's the only way to, get any attention keep hearing like weird subtle racist shit too. stuff that like i don't think people realize is racist like in, when i'm saying racist i don't mean like an accidental slip up or blah 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 like actual hateful shit where like they see white people marching uh beside black people in grand rapids and they've got like well you know why are they there because that's a human being and your neighbor do you honestly see a difference? Like, well, wh why would these white people be be there? Because obviously they fucking care, man. 
Like, we're all in this. We don't see a distinction. That's, like, fuck, man. That's a litmus test for you being an asshole is why they're there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Something crazy. Something something crazy. And it's funny that we kind of diverge from Mac Miller to Macklemore to this. uh, Is... I just watched, uh, so I don't know if you've ever watched the show Atlanta. No. Donald Glover's show. So he's a, he's a writer, he's the main actor in it. And this season, kind of like with Mythic Quest, where they've had a couple episodes that just have nothing to do with the show. They're just out on their own. Yeah. Atlanta's done the same thing, where it's just like this independent episode. and almost feels kind of Black Mirror-like. And one of the episodes that I literally just watched came out like two weeks ago, season three, episode four. Don't remember the name of the episode, but it is about a black person sues a white person. Like they're, they're like our age and they sue a white person because the white person, uh, he made like a ridiculous amount of money off of Tesla. And the, the black person argued that, the money that they got to invest in that came from the fact that they own that guy's uh, like great 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 grandfather <laughs> owned the other guy's great great grandfather as a slave. Oh, oh my god! So reparations, then, man. It, yeah. So then they he actually gets reparations, <clears throat> and then people just start suing people because, like, you have money now and I don't, and there's a clear delineation, four hundred plus years ago from when this started happening between the two of us. So <laughs> now you owe me. And then there's at the end, there's something like a reparations tax that's taken off someone's paycheck for anyone that uh, is a descendant of someone that owns slaves. Oh and they're like, how much is the tax for you? Like 10%. How much for you? 15. It's nuts. But it, it's crazy that uh, it was just like a mind blowing, like a absolute mind fuck of an episode. Could you imagine there's there's got to be one out there that would be a black person that like maybe his grandfather uh, married a black woman or vice versa. But through the the descendants like it like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm descended from that. But like, no, no, these are fresh black people, man. Doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? Uh, Like I was thinking about it. I was like. There are plenty of cases where, like, uh, where a slave owner had sex with the slave and they had a child together. And then there are times it went one of two ways that child was just more labor down the road, or uh, that became, you know, it, it became a family as uh, fucked yeah. up as that was, right? But then that family has some melanin in their skin down the road. And it's that thing, like, <laughs> shit, um, is he going to have to pay a, 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 like a tax to someone descended from the other slaves? That's a legitimate, like, uh, that's a conundrum. I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, huh, maybe oh, just a 5% tax. Maybe not 50 <laughs> Oh, my God. So, um, Mac Miller circles. Tim would recommend it. I'm happy to hear. I'm happy it was a good album. 
you were basically you chose between I gave Tim three numbers I sent Aaron uh, a video <laughs> of which each number was so that I wasn't lying and uh, and the other two options were um, what's it called like I think in the name of the album oh my god Echo Silence Patience and Grace by the Foo Fighters which to me is the Foo, my I think it's the Foo Fighters Zeppelin 4 yeah, I said wow. it. For those that know Zeppelin, know that Zeppelin 4 was like the culmination of Zeppelin's sound. So for me, you I know think what that the, was best the best Zeppelin uh, album was? The one that Greta Van Fleet did. <laughs> Come at me, folks. Come at me. I don't even know what I said, but I feel like that was offensive. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh,. And then the other album, now that I remember, was College Dropout by Kanye. That one would have been interesting because that was Kanye's first album. That was pretty, that was still like you could tell he was a little crazy, but that was, uh, <laughs> that was like pre full, that was pre Kanye's mother dying and him falling apart. That was pre Kardashian. That was pre, that was Kanye at his, maybe not at his best to some people, but very close. We, so I would have been curious what you thought of that because also I know you're not the biggest uh, rap guy, so would have uh, been a whole new venture for you. Well, definitely want to hear it one day. Uh, I yeah. think we just posted the Milton Mansion episode with uh, Anthony on it, and going back through and listening to the uh, the the uh, the episode while I was editing it. A lot of what was said was just a lot of like he's really good at self promotion and marketing, so I got to hear his stuff to hear what you guys hear as opposed to like, yeah, he's a really good marketer. Anthony doesn't fucking know Kanye. First off, I was so <laughs> oh, wow. mad after that. I was so mad after that. Anthony watched a documentary and thought he became an expert on Kanye. Shots fired. Anthony was like, he didn't even produce anything good. Like he didn't produce. It's like, uh, uh, first off, not true. You want to talk about singles? Izzo, H to the Izzo. Uh, anyone? No. Yeah. Um, O three Bonnie and Clyde. Get by by Quelly. Uh, Stand up by Ludacris. Through the wire. You don't know my name by Alicia Keys. Encore by Jay Z. Slow jams. All falls down. I Want You by Janet Jackson, Overnight Celebrity by Twista. Uh, like, obviously, he produced his own first album. So, like, I keep naming songs like Jesus Walks, New Workout Plan, This Way by Dilated Peoples. I think Used I heard Jesus Walks. John Legend. <laughs> did, he, did he do yeah. Gold Digger? Uh, did he do Gold Digger? Yes, he did. He produced Gold Digger. I'm music now. Uh... The Corner, he basically produced that whole B album by by Common, or at least the hits from the B album by Common, um, which is a fantastic album. Uh, like Common is a rapper? Him to say that he didn't produce anything good is like, yo, you're losing your mind. <laughs> you're absolutely losing your mind if you don't think so. Like, I get he produced some shit. He produced part of Jermaine Dupri's uh, Life in 1472 album. The dumb name for an album, by the way. <laughs> fucking Jermaine Dupri. But 
you know, he, he put in work. He put in work producing. He's one of the best producers. He produced the fucking blueprint. The blueprint. He produced what? Five, six songs on it? It's one of the greatest albums in hip hop history. Uh, the Blueprint? Yeah, it's a Jay-Z album. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. It's got Heart of the City, which maybe is the my my winner for best Jay-Z song of all time. Yeah, I said it. Girls, girls, oh, yeah. girls. Anyways. I can just imagine Jay-Z singing that song. Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> I imagine it's different. Uh, but yeah. Fuck, fuck you, Anthony. You don't know shit about Kanye. Said he didn't produce his own albums. His best albums he produced, or at least he produced the best songs from those albums. He produced College Dropout. He produced Late Registration. He produced Graduation. Come on. Get off my dick. Anthony, I he defend you right now, but I don't really listen to music, so I don't know anything to help you out, bud. <laughs> oh, you don't need to help me out. Um, I'm coming at Anthony. This is all said with love. No, fuck you, Anthony. You're a piece of shit. No, I'm kidding. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, oh. He produced maybe the one of the top albums of all time. What people think was the best, what was voted the best album of the 2010s. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy produced it. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways, that's my little Kanye rant. We could, I, I could go on forever about most music so cut me <laughs> off cut me off now all right and the, we'll cut you and off. the wrap it up side tim's holding up the wrap it up <laughs> he's got the Chappelle show like wrap it up thing i don't know if you remember <laughs> that skit <laughs> uh, uh vaguely it, it, it was like a music box that played like oscars music like the wrap it up speech music but everywhere <laughs> yeah oh, oh man Man, the midget stenographer was also <laughs> the portable stenographer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to end this episode here. Uh, we're going to be able to edit it, keep it nice and short, nice and tight. But this was show I me. I about Chuck. Oh, we're going to talk about Chuck. We're just going to do two episodes. So okay. uh, show me yours. Uh, Brian has shown me what he has in Mac Miller. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend Circles if uh, you need something to just give you some vibes, nice and low key, feel something for a couple of minutes. It's great. Not workout music, not music for the morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, lock up the sharp objects before you start listening to this, but it's definitely worth a listen. Um, fuck yeah. I'm going to definitely have to check out more Mac Miller. But uh, mm-hmm. if you're looking for us, you can find us on Couch Critics uh, Canada or Couch Critics Can at on Instagram. You can email us at Couch Critics Canada Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Facebook, uh, not page, but profile, Couch Critics. You can find us there and talk to us. Uh, yeah. Bye. Yeah.